Wyndham Hotels and Resorts makes travel possible for all. Whether it's the long haulers looking for a great cup of coffee, a roomier rest for the on-a-wim road trippers, or a place to make summer memories with the whole family. No matter who you are, where you're going, or why, with 24 trusted brands to choose from like La Quinta, Days Inn, and Super 8, your Wyndham is waiting. Get the lowest price at WyndhamHotels.com. Restrictions apply. Visit website for more details. In the squadron, they called him Bullets, but we call him Greg Kelly. Greg Kelly is on the air on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Oh, it's, uh, what the, so it's really Juneteenth. What the hell is Juneteenth? Yes, uh, nobody knows. Titanic news, you heard about that? Yikes, we'll get to uh, that certainly um, we also have a Jim McGreevy comeback. Governor McGreevy, the gay American, he, he was just before his time. He could have been the, he could have been a mayor of Woodbridge, New Jersey, which is what he was and run for president as a gay American. You can do that now. It's just, uh, his, his, his political odyssey is very interesting. Anyway, Jim McGreevy talking about running for mayor of Jersey City. I know Jim McGreevy. I like Jim McGreevy. Everybody probably remembers that speech. I am a gay American. How shocking it was. And uh, quite frankly, it's shocking that we were shocked, right? I mean, we've all come a very long way. Um, in some ways, we've improved. In a lot of ways, we have spiraled out of control. Um, Juneteenth. Seriously, what is it? Do you really know? Uh, freed the slaves. Something to do with the slaves in Texas, right? Something to do with the slaves in Texas. Yeah, forget about the Emancipation Proclamation. Forget about Abraham Lincoln. Forget about the North and the South. It's all about, uh, I don't know. It's something uh, regarding Texas. I think somebody got word to the folks down there in Texas two years after the Civil War was over that the slaves are freed, and there was a celebration. Doesn't sound like much of a celebration. Sounds like they should have been able to get the word to Texas a little bit sooner than two years, even back then, even back then. Didn't they have the telegraph? I think they had the telegraph by that about that point, or just about. Carrier pigeons, they had the Pony Express. They should have been able to get word to Texas too soon. This is a, by the way, you know why everybody has a day off? And a lot of people do have the day off. Not that we need another day off. I mean, I'm all for days off, but uh, America is kind of losing its competitive edge, don't you think? We're already staying home. We're already laying about. We, are, we have more holidays than most other countries, though, by the way. And they start coming rapidly. I mean, you know, October, November, December, and you can't get anything done. You know, oh, let's wait until after the holidays. Let's wait until after the first of the year. And then that's, you can't approach anybody because it's the first of the year and everybody's trying to get their act together. Juneteenth. Why do we have Juneteenth now? Well, it's, it was basically a way to snub Donald Trump to make it an issue for him. He had a rally planned on Juneteenth in 2020. Nobody ever mentioned Juneteenth before. But they saw it as an opportunity to screw with Donald Trump's uh, rally, which was in Tulsa, Oklahoma. He said, well, let's just make Juneteenth. Yeah, it's so disrespectful of President Trump to have Juneteenth, uh, a rally on Juneteenth. It's interesting, though. Uh, I looked it up. Barack Obama, <laughs> every Juneteenth, he was out there speaking about politics, doing all kinds of things, cracking jokes. He didn't say one thing in public about Juneteenth. His entire presidency, he didn't. I went through all the speeches every single Juneteenth, and on most of them, he's cracking jokes. Now, the Obama White House did put out statements about Juneteenth, and they put out they put out statements about everything. They 
put out statements about National Licorice Day. They put out statements. That's what they do all day long. The press office, the, uh, it's just am- they're just churning them out. The president doesn't know what's coming out of that. And guess what? Donald Trump's administration put out statements on Juneteenth as well. Obscure holidays that mean something to certain constituents, whatever. And, um, but most people didn't know what Juneteenth was, but it was exploited as a political issue to get Trump in 2020. Remember when, well, the country was blowing up, Black Lives Matter, all that stuff, George Floyd, all a effort to undermine Trump. They didn't really care about George Floyd, in my opinion. They just saw it as another, another way to undermine. Look, I'm sorry, but how many people die every single day? It's, it's a horrible thing. Death is it's just, it's just, oh gosh, police brutality. You know, it just, it's all bad. But that was exploited to get Trump. Anyway, let's listen to how Barack Obama, while he was in office, I think this is uh, 2009. All right. This is our first black president. He's going to say something about Juneteenth on June 19th, 2009. Right? Right? No. What do they say? I want to ex- express my appreciation for the opportunity to tell jokes that uh, weren't funny enough for me to use when we did this five weeks ago. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. Wow. Barack really cracks himself up. He really cracks himself up, huh? That was June 19th, solemn occasion. What a solemn occasion. You know they have actually a book. A Wall Street Journal reporter lied in a book. I know, and I have proof that he lied. Total and complete, 1,000% smoking gun proof that this guy was lying. Because he interviews Donald Trump in the summer of 2020, and it made news. He put it in the Wall Street Journal, and uh, there was an allusion to uh, the Juneteenth controversy, because at that point it was a controversy. And Donald Trump is very honest. You know, actually, I didn't know what it was. I did not know what it was. And uh, I asked some people, and they didn't know what it was either. But we're going to do it now. And I made Juneteenth big. And in the book, that, that interview is public. It's public. You can find it in the Wall Street Journal. And the same guy, Bender, I think his name is, writes a book. And he puts this whole BS thing where Donald Trump asked a black Secret Service agent about Juneteenth. And the black Secret Service agent said, Yes, I know all about Juneteenth, and I am very offended that you are having your event on June 19th. Now, I just looked at that. I knew that was not true. I went back and I found the interview. They don't match. There's absolutely no way that happened. No way that happened, and it didn't happen. Any more jokes? June 19th, uh, Juneteenth jokes from Barack Obama. What's the next one, please? At the White House, he had uh, the old Bulls theme song and... It set a very high bar, as if I was Michael Jordan coming out. Wow. He's just having the time of his life on this sacred holiday, Juneteenth, Barack Obama. What's You see what's happening, right? It was all phony. And it's still phony, but we have it, and it's a federal holiday. What does it mean? Nobody knows. And uh, it was all an attempt to get Trump. It's funny to hear Donald, uh, what's his name, Biden talk about these things, issues of race. He always gets himself into trouble. Hey, first though, what's going on with this little submarine with the Titanic? I, oh yeah, yeah, a little submersible went down to look for, look at the wreckage of the Titanic, which, oh, by the way, we have every picture, every move, everything you could need to see about the Titanic has already been documented just a couple of weeks ago. They came out with a new 3D modeling program. Every, literally every image, every conceivable angle, anything there is to see, of the Titanic underwater, you can see it right now on your damn phone. 
So to spend all that money, to spend $50,000 to go down in some uh, converted garbage can, five people, that's dangerous. I wouldn't do it. I wouldn't do it. And I hope the, I hope there's good news uh, somehow, but it looks like it might take a miracle. Let's see here. BBC, Titanic tourist submarine goes missing with search underway. A submersible craft used to take people to see the wreck of the Titanic has gone missing in the Atlantic Ocean with its crew on board, sparking a major search and rescue operation. Tour firm OceanGate, which runs a $250,000 a seat expedition. What did I estimate it was? $50,000, $100,000? Said it was exploring all options to get the crew back safely. How many hours has it been? How many hours of oxygen do they have in that thing? It said government agencies and deep sea firms were helping the operation. The Titanic sank in 1912 and lies some 12,500 feet below the water. The missing craft is believed to be Ocean Gate's Titan Submersible, a truck-sized sub, okay, bigger than a garbage can, that holds five people and usually dies with a four-day supply of oxygen. Oh, wow. Well, hey, there's hope here. It is not known when the contact with the craft was lost. Our entire focus is on the crew members in the submersible and their families. We are deeply thankful for the extensive assistance we've received. Okay, everyone's reaching out. The company bills the eight-day trip on its carbon fiber submersible as a chance to step outside of everyday life and discover something truly extraordinary. I don't know. How about helping a neighbor? I'm sorry. This is a little bit too extreme. This is the extreme sports. I don't like extreme sports. I wouldn't do anything like this. I wouldn't go mountain climbing, certainly not to the top of Everest. A million people have already been there. There are other ways to feel good. There are other ways. But look, I just hope they find these people and this thing. According to its website, one expedition is ongoing and two more have been planned for June of 2024. The submersible carries a pilot, three paying guests, and what the company calls a content expert. A full dive to the Titanic wreck, including the descent and ascent, reportedly takes around eight hours. Well, it's a good thing that they have all that extra air on board. The Ocean Gate website lists three submersibles it owns, and only the Titan is capable of diving deep enough to reach the Titanic wreckage. Oh, man. It's not clear to me how long it's been missing. I do remember the first time they found it back in 1985, and they brought up those coins. Hey, is that the one... Uh, no, no. They they once they opened that vault. Uh, I'm not talking about Al Capone's vault. There was another one. They had a vault from the Titanic, I believe, and it was just a bunch of junk inside. Um, is there anything we can do? No, kind of frustrating. But um, okay, well, keep us posted. Uh, maybe James Flippin will drop by. Hey, um, you know, if you're a Trump supporter, you're a very, very special person. You are, and, and half of America, you're special, special, day in and day out bombarded with messages about how bad Donald Trump is. Bombarded. It's nonstop. It's continuous. Uh, it's in the air all the time. And socially, you know, it's not, it's actually not considered acceptable to come out and support Trump. You certainly can't wear a, you know, a MAGA hat down the street. You can't wear, you can't wear that kind of paraphernalia. You can at a rally, maybe, you know, there's safety in numbers and security, but you can't go around like that. And it's a shame. And you can't really speak about um, your support of him. No way. Certainly not in most corporate environments. And um, why is that important? Well, I was going through the Sunday shows yesterday. It was all Trump all the time. You would think he's the president or something like that. You would think he's the president. 
Joe Biden was an afterthought at best. And there were every show had a Trump hater on. Even the Republicans were Trump haters. They had well, Bill Barr, total Trump hater at this point. Uh, Larry Hogan, governor of Maryland, total Trump hater. Um, Mark Esper, former secretary of defense, Trump hater. And then, then, then there was Mike Pence. No, no, Mike Pence. How did he put it? He, I'm sorry, he guy, the guy does not have it, by the way. They ask him a very simple, direct question and he just dodges and weaves and he does it in this kind of pious way to make it seem righteous, but it, I think it's just mealy mouthed and weak. But to talk to that guy on Meet the Press yesterday, and they had him on for like three great big blocks. It was like a half hour of the show was Mike Pence. And they did not ask him about the secret documents that were found in his house. He's he's saying that, oh, these charges are very serious against Donald Trump. And I will not prejudge the case. And I will not commit to pardoning Donald Trump. And the facts, very, very troubling. All that stuff. Well, what about him? Well, isn't it? He should have just, by the, by the way, I have my own issue here. I, I have my own vulnerabilities. That's why. No, he didn't say that. They found secret documents, vice presidential material, labeled as classified. He had no business taking that stuff. There's no uh, methodology for him to declassify anything. The president has that right. The legal scholars will, the legal scholars will play a circular game. Oh, no, he didn't. He had to. No, he does. The president of the United States is the executive branch. It's his. He could have taken anything he wanted, anything that was paper, anything. Look up Judge Jackson's uh, ruling. But because it's Trump, they're out to get him. And it's kind of amazing that the they're I know that they're conscious of their deception. For Mark Esper to get up there and say, this is very troubling and he's got to be held to account. And this is really bad. I mean, I showed you last week. The New York Times, everybody trading in classified material is what they do all the time, all the time. They do it political one-upsmanship. They do it for political uh, gain. They do it. It's it's a sport. It's a sport. But now they've turned to uh, big game humping, uh, hunting, <laughs> and they're trying to throw a spear into Donald Trump with this stuff. It won't work. He's only getting stronger, and most people agree that this thing is not going to go to trial before the election uh, but we have a lot of work to do. I'll be right back. Greg Kelly, entertaining and informative on the Red Apple Podcast Network. My truth is that I am a gay American. And I am blessed to live in the greatest nation with a tradition of civil liberties, the greatest tradition of civil liberties in the world. Wow, Governor McGreevy, that was 2004. And wow, what's to be wow about anymore? Wow, we were wow back then. Today, it's like, okay, run for president. <laughs> you can run for president. It's uh, it's very, really interesting where the country has come. And you look at Pete Buttigieg. I mean, that's one of the reasons why he's in the cabinet right now. One, The main reason, mayor of South Bend, Indiana, uh, you know, who cares? Gay? Harvard? Uh, let's make him president. Now, I don't like that. I don't think it should matter. Uh, I, I don't think it should elevate you. It shouldn't also hold you back either. It should not hold you back. McGreevy had a couple of other issues with that uh, crazy aide that he appointed who did not deserve the job. Who was that guy? He was some sort of uh, intelligence operative, I think, from Israel, and he got the head uh, Homeland Security job, and he really didn't uh, deserve it. But um, 
it's it's all ancient history now. And um, McGreevy is a great guy, great public servant, in my opinion. And now he may want to run for um, what is it, uh, Jersey City Mayor? He'd be great in that job. Great. Um, I respect that a lot. I hope he pulls it off. And um, what's the, the guy who's the the mayor now? Fulop. Fulop. He wants to be uh, governor, and maybe maybe that'll work out. It's just uh, you know, I read his his memoir. Uh, McGreevy's memoir, and uh, it's very interesting. It's really, you like him. He's very honest. He talked about how, you know, initially in politics, it was all about me, 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 me. It was a way to get attention and, and fame and just kind of cover up for some other hangups that he had. And uh, he puts it all out there. It's uh, it's quite a book. Uh, you can find it on Amazon very easily. Uh, Jim McGreevy. I'll, I have it in my Kindle. Um, hey, there's this. Robert F. Kennedy Jr., is actually beating Joe Biden in some polls in, in terms of favorability. Now, no one is talking about this, but it is, I tell you what, they're talking about it behind closed doors. The Democrat Party, they are freaking out about Joe Biden. They realize they have a huge problem. A couple of things. Number one, we've all seen the gaffes, right? They're incredible. The mainstream media are trying to protect uh, his voters from seeing any of that unpleasantness, and that may be working. But listen to this. A recent poll, let's see here, Robert F. Kennedy Jr. raises questions about whether President Joe Biden should be worried about his reelection chances. The Economist and YouGov released a survey that showed Kennedy with the highest favorability rating of all current 2024 presidential candidates. 49% of respondents said they saw him favorably and 30% viewed him unfavorably. I got to tell you, personally, I view him favorably. I uh, I actually met him the week uh, I've, I met him a couple of times, but I met him uh, while he's running about three weeks ago. First of all, I forgot he's very impressive. He's tall. He's very fit, and you know the voice. Let's face it, the voice kind of puts you off maybe at first. It's not a factor anymore. He's been out there so much and he's been speaking so much that uh, I, I I I think people just have overcome it. It doesn't matter. It's not a thing. At first, I would have said, "Yeah, that voice. No one's going to get over that voice." I was wrong. Uh, Biden and former President Donald Trump had the second highest favorability rating with 44% of respondents saying they viewed the two candidates favorably. That's kind of a miracle when you consider the day-in, day-out bombardment of you and me with anti-Trump fake news. We know it's fake. We see right through it. It's a testament to all of us, to the 80 million Americans who still support him at least. Be right back. Hi, it's Lou Dobbs for Priority Gold, America's precious metals dealer. These are volatile times with high inflation, soaring debt, wars on multiple continents, and rising financial stress. Central banks are buying gold to diversify their reserves, so are many Americans. Call Priority Gold and find out how precious metals can help you diversify your portfolio. They're highly rated and happy to help. Call 1-866-303-6357 or get a free gold guide at PriorityGoldGuide.com. That's Priority PriorityGoldGuide.com. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. All right. God save the queen, man. All right, whatever, Joe. It's talking about guns in Connecticut. God save the queen. Everyone's looking at each other like, what's going on? Uh, this is a look that people give each other a lot when they're around Joe Biden. Uh, and the, even the press, the media, they see this stuff. They know it. They know it's happening and they ignore it. They cover for him. That's probably the scariest thing about all of this, that the press continue to cover it all up. 
Um, all right, I'll get back to him for a moment. Hey, how was Father's Day for everybody, huh? Father's Day, I wish my dad a happy Father's Day. It don't, uh, you know, no more breakfast in bed and no more, you know, I didn't even write him a card. Maybe I should have. I got a card. I got a beautiful, I did put something up nice on Twitter, uh, for my dad. One of the great guys. So blessed, so blessed. You know, when I was, uh, born, let's see, uh, my dad was a cop. But he was studying for the sergeant's test. He was studying for the sergeant's test. Uh, that's what he was doing in the waiting room. Now, you know, back then you had to wait in the waiting room. You had to be in the waiting room. They didn't let guys into the operating room or the, uh, the delivery room. It was inconceivable. Now you're, you're, do, you're doing movies. You, you actually can videotape the whole damn thing. You know, I don't think you really want to. Oh, by the way, uh, I, I just, uh, but I was in the delivery room. It's a wonderful thing. And now I have two daughters. Um, and they gave me a very nice card and a couple of other little items. <laughs> it's pretty funny to watch them try to sign the card and, uh, it's, uh, very beautiful. I'll keep it forever. And then later, um, you know, it's interesting. She does want to watch a lot of TV, the, the, the three-year-old Annalise and, uh, my latest, our, our latest little trick here. And it's working. If you watch too much TV, You'll fall into the TV and you won't be able to get out. Like really? Yeah. She loves this thing, Dora the Explorer. And it's like, uh, you will, you'll have to be in there like boots. And she looks and she believes us. Like, you know, I won't be able to get out. So she goes, okay, I better not watch much, too much. And so she's been watching less, which is good. I think, I think, I don't know. She's, uh, hey, by the way, every kid, everybody thinks their child is the most, the smartest child in the world, right? Um, uh, I think my my daughter's doing great. I think she's very, very much advanced. But here we are having a little conversation yesterday. There's this book. They got this series of books, you know, of, of featuring a, a character who looks a lot like Grimace. You know, Grimace from uh, McDonald's, the shake guy. They don't feature Grimace as much as they used to. He's a big blob, basically. And, you know, sometimes he they call him Mr. Greedy or Mr. Bump or Mr. Rude. And he has all these habits that you're supposed to avoid and, and you read the book and you learn the lesson along with the character. And this is, uh, Mr. Greedy. And you got a picture of Mr. Greedy. He's a great big purple blob. And, uh, we're reading the book together and my, my daughter has some, some commentary. Okay. May we? Ready? Okay. Go ahead, please. We have that one? Hmm. Let me know. Um, Father's Day is kind of an in, in artificial day, right? It's kind of artificial. It's uh, invented by the, um, I guess it's invented by Hallmark, and just like Mother's Day, just like oh, it is oh, it's a, 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 a Valentine's oh. Day. Mr. Oh, t- do me a favor, do me a favor. All right, uh, let's uh, rewind and try it again. Thank you. Hmm? The chair, and then he closes his eyes and hoses some tummy. Who? Mr. Greedy holds his tummy. Right. That's why he, he, Mr. Greedy doesn't wear his clothes. Mr. Greedy doesn't wear clothes? No. Why not? Because he's, because he's big. Right, he can't fit in clothes, right? No. That's why I can fit in clothes. And you can fit in clothes. Because we're not that big, right? Yeah. Okay. What do you think, huh? That's pretty decent commentary, I think. Call the child psychologist. Do I have her cut a grade or do we hold her back? <laughs> I think she's doing great. Three, uh, how old is she now? Three years and four months. Three years and four months. 
And she's making these observations about Mr. Greedy, who, by the way, is not wearing clothes. Most cartoon characters don't wear clothes when you think about it. Um, and those who do uh, probably need to uh, dress up. Winnie the Pooh? I mean, look at Winnie the Pooh. He's wearing that one T-shirt, and you can see a lot. That doesn't seem very appropriate. <laughs> I mean, anyway, uh, Annalise, thank you. Uh, uh, it's good. It's good. Fatherhood's a good thing, and uh, motherhood, all that stuff, bringing up a kid, lots of challenges, lots of exhaustion, lots of getting up, sitting down, cleaning up, cleaning up, a lot of cleaning up. All right, back to our um, back to that strange individual in the White House. Oh boy, talk about baby talk. <laughs> you know, when you get to it, you kind of talk a little bit like a baby, and you do things that you shouldn't do. And he's doing things that he sh- that shouldn't be done by anybody. Who talks like this? He's uh, making inappropriate remarks to women all the time. Cut twenty-seven, please. We've known each other a long time. She was 17. I was 40. That's That's Eva Longoria, serious actress. What in the heck is he talking about? And then there's somebody in the audience. He stops everything and also makes a crude, lewd kind of reference that, I'm sorry, this borders on pedophilia. It does. And that's why it's gross. And then you have everybody laughing. Why are they laughing? Maybe it's nervous laughter. I don't know. People do things in groups and mobs that they wouldn't do individually. This person would be thrown out of most environments if he said something like this. You'd throw him out of your house, wouldn't you think? Cut 28. But guess what? We got a lot to do. You got to say hi to me. <laughs> we go back a long way. She was 12, I was 30. But anyway, <laughs> this woman helped me get an awful lot done. At any rate. Uh, 12, 30. That's, um, that's oddball stuff. It's totally oddball, weirdo, sicko kind of stuff. It is, and it's right there. It's hiding in plain sight. Now, Democrats are very worried about him. That's not the reason, believe it or not. That, those kinds of comments, which he's been making for years, that's not why they're worried. Two things. Uh, the campaign is now on. And you know what they're not getting? Donations. Small donations. Small, like, you know, $5, $10, $20, $50 donations. That's where the real money is, oh, by the way. That's where... That shows the breadth of support, depth of support. You know, a thousand people giving a dollar is a thousand times better than one person giving a thousand dollars. And the political pros know that and they're looking at the numbers and they're not seeing the small donations. That's a problem. Big problem. The other thing they're worried about is Kamala. They realize they have to stick with Joe. At least this is the thinking right now, because if they push Joe out, who's waiting there? Kamala. And Given the dynamics of today, the moment that the country is in, um, it's virtually impossible for Joe to step aside and for it to not, the nomination to not go to Kamala Harris. Now, why is it virtually impossible? Because we've been blowing off uh, vice presidential uh, candidates since vice presidential candidates, since vice presidents. It's a very blow-offable thing. But being that she's a black woman or a woman of color or whatever, uh, that becomes an issue, a real issue for some people. I'd say get lost. It doesn't matter. You're incompetent. Everybody can see it. You can see it from space. Who cares? This is obviously not the job for you. You're in over your head. No hard feelings. Get lost. No, it doesn't work like that. <laughs> it does not work like that. So all these crazy comments. Wait, there's another one, though. This is, uh, and it, it really speaks to the depravity. Sorry. I don't know what else to say, but. When Joe Biden goes up to some minor female 
Some girl. Looks like she's about 13 years old. And Joe touches her shoulder to say the following. You ready? Cut 30. I'll keep that in mind. Wow, she's showing more class and diplomacy and savoir-faire than the President of the United States. I'll keep that in mind, you creep. What the hell kind of message is that anyway? It's not fun. It's not playful. It's not cute. It's actually wrong. It's wrong. The... the Really, you shouldn't be screwing around in your twenties. Oh, you, what, what do they talk about? Uh, sowing your wild oats or getting it out of your system or doing all that stuff. Just run around on Tinder in your twenties. You think that's any good way to live? It's not. Having been there and not just in my twenties. Okay. It's not the way to live. And there's the president of the United States. And oh, by the way, I'm sorry. I'm going to bring it up. His daughter, Ashley, who seems to me like a very nice but damaged woman. How do I know all that stuff? How do I know she's nice but damaged? I hate to say it. I read her diary, and I would never have spoken about her diary, but Joe Biden made it a federal case. He made it a federal case. Ashley Biden forgot her diary in some house she was staying in in Florida, in Delray Beach, Florida. She was staying there for a while. She's got some issues. Everybody's got issues. She had issues. She writes her diary. She leaves it in a, you know, an Airbnb or someplace where she was staying. She lost it. She left it behind. Somebody finds it, and they're like, whoa, this is dynamite stuff. Yikes. Now, I wish they had just gotten in touch with Ashley Biden and returned it to her, but they didn't do that. I don't think they committed the crime, and what they did, they turned it over to uh, to a website. Uh, what was that website again? The guy, um, uh, Veritas, Project Veritas. They turned it over to Veritas. Veritas actually didn't want it. I think they, they, they did not want it. Some other website got it. They started publishing uh, little excerpts. And since it really couldn't be verified, you don't know a thousand percent. This came out in 2020 in the campaign. I, I didn't say anything about it back then. I felt it was probably accurate. It was probably hers. I felt funny reading it and I didn't talk about it. I didn't talk about it publicly. Uh, I, I did say though that a lot of the issues that she's got, I've gone through myself and, uh, you know, I'm not judging her or whatever, but, um, so she spent her twenties having fun like Joe Biden encouraged and now that we know it's true that diary is true and why do we know it's true because joe biden sicked the fbi on project veritas yeah the fbi raid the guy's house looking for this thing why bring the fbi and people were federally prosecuted people are have gone to jail over this dumb thing have gone to jail over a diary over a girl's diary should have treated it like they did in the uh what was that what was that davy jones it was in the it was in the Brady Bunch. It, I wish it got back to Ashley Biden. It didn't. And sorry, Joe, you are. That is a bad message. And you should know if you don't know, just talk to Ashley about it. Just talk to Ashley. <sighs> this indictment thing is not going away. They still what do they call it? A, a criminal justice porn, criminal ju- revenge porn. I think this is revenge porn. What they're doing to Donald Trump. NARA, the National Archives, is the wokest, weirdest place on earth. Wokest, weirdest place on earth. I'll get to that in a moment. In the meantime, yes, Stan. Stan is in Forest Hills. What do you want to say? You're a very interesting person, but I'm not interested in the topics you're interested in at the moment, if I can talk. I'm interested in, can you hear me, by the way? I'm sorry. Can you hear me? 
Uh, yes, I, okay. I, I kind of, I, 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 I have mixed feelings about listening, but, uh, okay. What, 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 keep going. Well, hasn't been talked about. He died last week. And that's, uh, Daniel Ellsberg. I did 20 minutes on Daniel Ellsberg on Was Friday. it a good thing or a bad thing? Uh, Daniel Ellsberg's death? Well, it's a 92, he died at the age of 92. It's not good or bad. I mean, you know, I'm, I never celebrate when anybody dies. I wish everybody could live to be a hundred. I do not think Daniel Ellsberg is a hero. I think he's a criminal. I think he's a punk. Uh, what he did in, uh, the Pentagon Papers, it's, it's amazing. It's amazing. Daniel Ellsberg is celebrated and highlighted and oh wow, Daniel Ellsberg, what a great American. And he was a an analyst who stole documents from the Pentagon and gave them from, to the New York Times. Meanwhile, Donald Trump, the president of the United States, <laughs> how they've treated him. What a weird country, huh? What a weird culture. So Daniel Ellsberg, bad guy. And, uh, you know, whatever. It's, he died and family, I know. I'm sure he was a you know nice person to his family. But I think he did a terrible, terrible thing to the country. And, oh, by the way, if he did not do that, if he did not do what he did, we probably would have had no Watergate. Because Richard Nixon um, just went, he went to DEFCON 5 over the Ellsberg thing. Which, kind of unfortunate, because it was more of a critique of the uh, uh, Johnson and Kennedy administrations and his administration. Anyway, Stan, what do you think, good or bad thing? Uh, I, I remember Daniel Ellsberg as a man who helped us uncover a military that sucked the blood out of us in the 1960s. That basically 55,000 of my fellow soldiers died for nothing because our army, our politicians, Republican and Democrat, couldn't tell us to our face that we could not win this war. Well, listen, there were a lot of there was there was a lot of that. There was opposition to the war, as you know. There was opposition to the war on Capitol Hill. These things, uh, and did you really read the Pentagon Papers? I mean, did yeah, anybody, yeah. Well, hold on a second, did anybody really sit around and re- read the Pentagon Papers? I don't, I don't know. I think it was very harmful to the national security establishment. You think he's a good guy? I, I do not. Um, you know, look, Vietnam ultimately became a communist country. Uh, did it have to be fought at the time? It seemed that way. Domino theory, whatever. If we didn't stop him there, would we have, uh, you know? Hey, the other weird thing about that, Daniel Ellsberg had a psychiatrist. He was seeing a psychiatrist. This is how, this is how bad Watergate was at times. Well, you know, I, I, I'm out of time, but you know, they broke into his psychiatrist's office. Such a ham-handed thing to do. But, um, no, I think he's a low-life Daniel Ellsberg and the, the fact that they celebrate him to this day, I got a problem with. Thank you, Stan, and I'll be right back. Greg Kelly, entertaining and informative on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Ooh. I was uh, fooling myself big time. You know, I've been running, I've been exercising, and uh, the more you exercise, the hungrier you are, the more entitled you think you are to eat. And um, I've been running a lot, more than I have run probably in 30 years. But I've been eating probably more than I've <laughs> in 40 years and uh, got on the scale yesterday. Guess, guess, guess. I'm 5'10", by the way. Guess. 5'10 and a half. Maybe 5'11 if I'm really... But um, 215 pounds. 215 pounds. That's about 35 pounds heavier than I should be, according to those those height weight charts. I am borderline morbidly obese. And I don't look that way, but, you know, it's right there in the gut. It's all there. And it's funny, I was just fooling myself. And uh, there was this big article, you got to remember this about, it's all nutrition. 
It's all, you can work out like a lunatic and that's fine. And you should exercise, but nutrition, it's 95. They say 90% of it is nutrition. I think it's 99% nutrition. My nutrition has been terrible. I eat whatever the, I eat snacks. I pretend, oh, I, I'm, I'm, I'm doing, I'm doing low carbs. Yeah. Nonsense. Ice cream is not low carb. Uh, candy is not low carb. So I've got to fix this and fix this fast. I don't want to, uh, you know, and now that I've seen the number, I, I just, oof, I didn't want to. I went down to the gym with my daughter again. Father's Day, we did everything yesterday together, and she gets on the scale. She's 40 pounds. I get on the scale. I'm 215. Actually, the first time I got on, I was 220. Then I took off my shoes. I got out my wallet, my all my stuff, so I could, you know, it was about 215, maybe it was one of those kitchen type uh, arrangements so it was a, but i'm well 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 above where i should be working on it and uh, i want to see results i did 6 miles today all i've had is black coffee and i'm going to follow a plan that i've heard people do before one meal a day and it's going to be dinner one meal a day and i'll let you know how i how i fare and if it's i mean i'm hungry right now but i can deal with it i can deal with it i got to just make it to 6 o'clock. if i can pull this Anyway, I just I, I want to be at my best in every possible way, and I think if you're not at your best physically, it, it's easy to let other things go. Maybe, or am I putting too much attention on the body? Hey, the um, the Gay Pride Night in where was that Dodger Stadium happened, and yes, they brought out those uh, foolish and perverse Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence, Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence. Right, even the name is offensive. Perpetual indulgence. Let me tell you where perpetual indulgence will get you. Yeah, right. It's not going to get you very far. It'll, it'll harm you in every possible way. So they go out there and they make a spectacle out of themselves, but it was so small. It was so, you know what I'm talking about, right? Dodger Stadium, gay pride night. They invited various civil groups, civic groups, and somehow they invited the sisters of perpetual indulgence. There was an uproar. People said, no, they can't. All they do is make fun of Christianity. So they shut down. They said, okay, we apologize. No more invitation. And there was even more of an uproar, and they had to invite him back. So finally, they have the big event, and it's like three people in the stands. It's like nothing. Yet it provoked a national kind of uproar, understandably so. And who's this Trevor Williams? He pitches for the Dodgers, and I've seen him a little bit here and there, and I think he's great. Let me hear from him. Cut eight, please. Cut eight. I didn't say anything anti-pride in my statement. I tried to be as charitable as possible. I just, I truly just wanted to point out the hypocrisy that the Dodgers code of conduct says you cannot make fun of a group, yet we're honoring this group at the expense of making fun of this group. Okay, so so your issues with the mockery they're making of your faith. Correct. And the mockery of it, and then the Dodgers not upholding, not following their own rules. How about that? Good for him. More from Trevor Williams, my favorite Major League Baseball player. Cut nine. Had a lot of people come out and, and reach out to me, um, former teammates, um, current teammates, um, even like stadium workers. When we were at Dodger Stadium, when this statement was made, just walking through the tunnels, getting to the clubhouse, I've had, I had stadium workers come up to me and thank me. So a lot of people have reached out um, thanking me for my courage and thanking me for making the statement because a lot of people feel like, they either don't have a big enough voice um, to say something or they are afraid of the backlash. Good for him. Hey, by the way, what team is this guy on? I'm not sure if he's still on the Dodgers. He's on the uh, he's on the Nationals, Washington Nationals. But, uh, hey, he's a major league player. That's a major deal. And he's speaking some truth. He's actually just speaking respect. And uh, there seems to be a lack of that, especially for Christians in America. Be back soon.
Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. No one's calling about Juneteenth. I got all the no, no, Juneteenth is not in the air. How do we how do we raise your Juneteenth spirit? Number one, let's figure out what it is and let's remember why it's a thing. It's a thing because it was a plot to get back at Trump. It was all aimed at tripping up Trump. Juneteenth has been around for a long time. Nobody knew or quite frankly cared what it was. It was just a historical footnote. And uh, then it, they saw an opportunity. They sensed an opportunity that they can use it to embarrass Trump. And uh, even though he did nothing wrong, he did nothing that other presidents had not done about uh, Juneteenth. He did what every other president did. They put out a statement on Juneteenth automatically. They just churn them out every Juneteenth. I believe maybe Juneteenth had something to do with when they told the people in Texas that slavery was over. Apparently that was two years late. I think that might be a scandal in and of itself. Why did they get the word there a little bit faster? That doesn't seem right to me, but uh, maybe not something to be celebrated. I mean, maybe this should be efficiency day. How do we, how do we not let something like that happen again? How do we wait two years to get the people the good news that there's no more slavery? Um, Abe Lincoln, of course, is the one who deserves the credit, emancipation proclamation, all that stuff. Um, but no, it's not, well, you know, after all, well, white men, you know, dead old white men, right? The founding fathers, right? Just a bunch of dead old white guys, white guys. Even that ter- white guy, it's a bad thing to be. It's a bad thing to be these days. Hey, there is a picture I just saw of, uh, what's his name? Tony Blinken. Tony Blinken. First of all, if you're the Secretary of State, call yourself Anthony. Don't go by Tony. It's just, it sounds like somebody's nickname, Tony. You gotta kick it up a notch, right? Tony does not work. Uh, and he's shaking hands with President Xi of China. And it's like, okay, who's the boss in this picture? Um, President Xi is dominating the moment, totally dominating, uh, Tony Blinken. I'm sorry. He looks incredibly wimpy, incredibly weak. And President Xi is just totally in command, just totally in like, and he's sticking his hand out and he's having the grand old time. And Tony Blinken, Tony looks like he's the secretary of state, right? Yeah. Secretary of state, Tony. He's the weakest guy. He looks nervous. He looks in over his head, which he is. And we're over there kind of pleading with them, please, 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 oh, please, please respect us. Please return Joe Biden's phone calls. Please, please. And they're having none of it, and they're enjoying it. They're enjoying their, uh, well, we're, are we receiving our comeuppance? I don't know what's going on, but uh, I do know this. Gordon Chang, who was one of the smartest guys around when it comes to China, uh, lawyer, scholar, Lived in China for 20 years. He writes about this stuff all the time. He follows it like a hawk. He's on John Katsimatidi's show uh, often, a couple times a month, and he keeps tweeting out these ominous messages that we are going to war, and you've got to pray, and you've got to get ready. And one of those things, um, one of those things we got to do is uh, buy water and buy food. Seriously, if the grid goes out, and he's telling me, telling all of us that. Chinese saboteurs are coming into America through the southern border, and they may want to wreak havoc in here, may be commanded to, may have already started. Well, we have to be ready. And he says we should pray a lot and get ready. And I said, okay, well, specifically, what do I do? And he mentioned water. Have water in the house and uh, have some food. Have, uh, you know, just stock up. Hey, we used to do this. We did this during the Cold War, right? Some people did. Remember the uh, they had the little panic room in the backyard? Um, what else? I mean, uh, I never really did that. A little bit after nine one one, nine eleven, people kind of did that. Remember when the Homeland Security guy told us to get duct tape? 
Uh, that didn't, <laughs> I don't know if that would have worked out so much. So, um, so we did it. And, uh, there's plenty of reason to be concerned right now. Here's something else. We have got to have our presidents around for longer than they are right now. By that, I mean, um, Four years is not enough. Four years is not enough. It should be a six-year term. And this has been discussed for many decades. Look at this. <clears throat> uh, Putin has been in office since uh, 1999. How many presidents has he, has he seen come and go? <laughs> Clinton, Bush, Obama, Trump, Biden. Five. Five. Uh, let's see. President Xi has been around since 2013. Ten years. He, he has seen... Uh, Obama, Trump, and Biden, right? Three, come and go. These guys stay, our guys come and go. Now, I realize in a, you know, democracy, there's going to be turnover, and that's good, and we want our system, we like our system better, but maybe we should get rid of the term limit thing. Um, why, why is it that congressmen can stay in power forever, get reelected, 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 and uh, a president is limited to just two terms? Why is that? Uh, that doesn't seem fair or constitutional to me. Um, and it doesn't seem fair to America that our guy is limited to just six years. I'm sorry, just four years. It should be six years. Six years? When, I mean, how much can you get done? Right? And as soon as they get in there, they got one year, and then they got to start worrying about a re-election. Man, we've become one silly country. All right, I'm watching, uh, I'm looking at the TV. The I didn't realize the Titanic was pretty damn close to... uh pretty damn close to America. I mean, somehow I thought it was in the middle of the Atlantic Ocean, it's if you go due south of Canada, like St. John's Island, there's the Titanic. It's well, it's still far away. Whatever. There's Titanic wreckage down there. We've all seen the movie. It's a fascinating story. Don't we know everything there is to know at this point about the Titanic? Apparently not. They're still running. Well, they're running tourist missions, tourist trips in those fancy submarines to the bottom of the ocean to see the Titanic. This has been going on for some time. I did not know that. And now James Flippin, we got how many people down there in a submarine uh, potentially stranded? What's going on? Hey, Greg. Well, you know, right now it's still up in the air as how many people are actually on this water vessel, this craft, but it's up to five people. Basically what they do is they have a pilot, a content expert, and then up to three passengers on these mini subs. So we're still trying to figure out, like, if, if it was the full potential five. The New York Post is now reporting that one of the passengers – is a world-renowned explorer, Hamish Harding. And then there's also a British businessman, or maybe he is the British businessman, as a matter of fact, who was on this. But yeah, like you said, over 370 miles off the coast of Newfoundland is where the Titanic wreck is located. It's about 12,500 feet down. And this company runs these trips, Ocean Gate, $250,000 per trip to go look at the wreckage of the Titanic. It takes about eight days Eight and, days, not not to get down there. I mean, eight days from when you leave, you go out on a ship, I guess, right? For, well, that that makes sense. Then, in other words, yeah, you go out on one of the. Because I remember the movie Titanic, they kind of used one of those little subs, right, to go check out the wreckage, but yeah. it left from a bigger ship, a research vessel. Yeah, and I'm guessing that's how it goes. But yeah, you take it out, you take the boat out, go down. Two hundred fifty grand, so certainly not cheap. The U.S. Coast Guard and Canada both involved in this search. It launched off the coast of. St. John's, like you mentioned, in Newfoundland. And that's what's going on right now. I mean, they're looking for, in essence, I guess, a needle in a haystack. But at the same time, I would imagine they're looking near the wreckage site. Well, I mean, it's not looking good in that. I understand there are four, there's four days' supply of air, and they've been gone for one day. What's not looking good, though, is we haven't heard from them. I mean, 
there's no way they don't have radios on that thing. They have radios. And I remember the Titanic, I think that there was a connection between the submersible and the ship. Mm. You're, you're, there's, there would be some wire that you would, I think. And, uh, it's a bad sign, but maybe they had a, maybe they had a battery outage. Maybe, oh, who knows, man? That's tough. Look, no more extreme sports for anybody. I mean, this, uh, I would not, you know, I used to think I'd go into space if given the chance. Um, no, I'm not going to do that. I, just the other week, I thought you were talking about that's something you were into. No, I think it's, uh, I'm going to, I'm, I'm, I'm safe. I, 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 you know, I, I went skiing, uh, last January. That's enough for me. I don't really, <laughs> it's just, I don't want to do any of that stuff. I feel bad for these people. My gosh. Uh, how often, how many, uh, successful operations have they done? Do we know? Hey, one other thing. We already know all there is to know about the Titanic. Yeah. I mean, really? I mean, I guess it's just the thrill for if you're really, really into the Titanic, I guess you kind of want to go see it for your, for your own eyes. I don't know. It's a little spooky down there too. I would think so. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It's kind of like outer space in a way, right? Yeah, there's a whole world down there. You think about it. I mean, 12,000 feet. Wow. That is, what's the Empire State Building? That's the Empire State Building is about a thousand feet. So 12 Empire State Buildings deep. There, there's stuff down there that we've never seen. Um, I'm not going. Neither are you. (laughs) Oh, no. I know the guy who did it. Apparently the deepest part of the ocean is somewhere in the Pacific Ocean. And you know who went deep? I think he holds the record. No kidding. James Cameron. Hmm. James Cameron broke the uh, all-time depth record. James Cameron directed Titanic. And I got to tell you, this guy has so many hobbies. He's a great filmmaker. He's a submarinist. He's, you know, writes books. He's got six kids. How the hell does anybody have that kind of time? I mean, how they how they manage their time? I don't know. He went to the I actually talked to him about this. I met him and he did it. You know who sponsored him? Rolex. Oh, the watch company. Yeah. And he had a special Rolex just for this. They call it the Deep Sea Edition, which I've actually seen. It's very cool. It's a little bit too big. And I realized somebody, I was going to get a watch, and I was like, well, I'm not a submarine guy. I've never been in a submarine. And I don't want to wear a watch that was dedicated to James Cameron. You know what a watch, we're a watch guy, though. So I, I mean, Yes, but I'm also an egomaniac. You know what I mean? <laughs> I, I, I don't want to wear some other man's uh, trinket on my wrist. I mean, it's got to be about me a little bit. I mean, something that I did, and I'm not a submariner. I'm not even really a pilot anymore, so I don't know what I'm going to do when it comes to a watch. All right, so these people, um, there's nothing we can do. We can just wait. Yeah. I mean, at this point, we're, it's almost like there hasn't been much coming out because I guess they just don't know other than to say we're looking for this. They're going to find it. I mean, they're going to find either the thing intact and they're going to rescue them or they're going to find the wreckage because we know the general area. Mm. We know there there was a ship on top. He was going, you know, straight down. They weren't going to go check out other wrecks. (laughs) It was just, it was just that one. Right. So they're going to find these guys. They're going to, and hopefully it's intact and gosh. I, uh, I, 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 it reminds me, remember, we have these things from time to time. Remember the miners in Chile? Yeah. And, uh, remember the kids in the cave in Thailand? Indonesia, Thailand, yeah. Now that is a wild case. Do you know how they got those kids? They, like, drugged them, right? Exactly. Yes, they drugged the kids. Mm -hmm. Whoever thought of that was a genius. So there are these crazy guys, you know, can you imagine diving into a cave and, like, going into a labyrinth that is so, you know, it, it, a normal person would have claustrophobia. Oh, yeah. No, I can't. I'm getting it thinking about it right now. And pretend that you had never been a diver in your life. So so their plan was to get them scuba diving gear, and they're going to take them out. But they knew they would freak out. So they drugged the kids, and they put them under. Wow. 
There's some documentaries about that. All right. Anything else going on in the news? Uh, no, I'm just thinking that maybe we should petition Rolex to do like a radio host edition of some kind. Uh, you think? <laughs> well, let me see. I, I actually looked at their website. Here are some of the people they have. Okay. Here are their spokespeople, All right. right? You got Martin Scorsese. Yeah. You got Roger Federer. Mm-hmm. Uh, you've got, uh, May, Yao Yao Ming. I'm sorry. The, who's that guy? The, the cellist? Yo Yo Ma? Yeah, sorry. Him. Okay. Uh, so those guys. No disrespect. I no. forgot his name. Yeah. And, um, you know, you think they're going to put me in that group? <laughs> I'll write an email. <laughs> Here's a Timex. Get lost. <laughs> well, James. All right, and we'll wait. Keep do, you updated on if we hear anything with us. Uh, all right. Anything else, what else? Big. Anything else? Big. Uh, let's see. Mayor Adams gave a sermon yesterday for Father's Day, where he said, 30 years ago, he woke up in a cold sweat. He was told by God that he would be mayor. One all right. Day. I said anything big. <laughs> all right. I don't care about him and his visions. I don't care about him. He is a fool. He is uh, a narcissist. He is a very silly man. And he thinks just because he's the mayor, like, wow, like this, that everything's going to be great or something like that. No, no. We've had failed mayors before, a lot of them. And they come and they go and they're forgotten by history. I mean, and they do a lot of damage. The people, our lives are not improving. Public security is a joke. I I'm mean, sorry and, to say that's new is that there was a bunch of subway attacks this weekend. You know, three more slashings, a guy stabbed four o'clock a.m. on Saturday near Union Square. I mean, it's. The subways, man. I don't know. I don't know what to say about that. Uh, avoid. I'm, I guess I'm back to avoiding them, though. Might right? be, might be best. Yeah. All right, James. Oh, and I'm almost out of time. Thank you, and I'll be right back. Greg Kelly, entertaining and informative on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Now, Fox News just had that guy. Francis Suarez, the mayor of Miami, on kind of a little testy. Uh, this guy does not like to hear that he has no qualification and no shot to be president of the United States. Now, I know what he's thinking. Well, Pete Buttigieg did it. Why not me? Um, well, uh, first of all, Pete Buttigieg should not have done it. All right. Pete Buttigieg, not qualified. We're all living with that now. Secretary of Transportation is consolation prize. Uh, this not good for anybody. Mayor of Miami. Now, I don't, I never lived in Miami, but, uh, looking it up, it's uh, apparently a very, uh, weak kind of position. It's ceremonial mostly. It's kind of like the equivalent of being a borough president in New York City, which is nothing. It's amazing that those guys even take a paycheck. Uh, that's all he's done. He's a career politician. He was on the board of, the board of, uh, commissioners or directors down there in Dade County. And he thinks he can be president. And I think I figured out why. Because he's handsome. He's handsome. That's it. He's just full of this confidence because he's handsome. And oh, by the way, I'll get to handsome people in a moment. That They do have it easy, but they also have it hard in some ways. So here's Francis Suarez, his campaign video, and what he's doing. He's narrating. It's his voice. And how is this about my problems or your problems? You know what he's doing? He's running. He's jogging. It's a video of him jogging around Miami. That's it. Why would you show that unless you're an egomaniac and you're convinced you're beautiful? Cut 42. In Miami, we stopped waiting for Washington to lead. America's so-called leaders confuse being loud with actually leading. All Washington wants to do is fight with each other instead of fighting for the people that put them in office. My dad taught me that you get to choose your battles. And I am choosing the biggest one 
of my life. I'm going to run for president. I'm going to run for your children and mine. Let's give them the future they deserve. Well, how the hell are you qualified to do that? That's the thing. These guys, these, this is a scam. Now he gets to go around, fly, raise money, go on television with his vision, and he's not impressing anybody. But, I mean, maybe it's good. Maybe it's good for Trump. I, I, I don't know. But just it, it offends me on some level. It offends me that this guy gets to run for president. You've got a job to do. You're the mayor of a city. Do it. Instead of this ego project let me see here here he is and he's not good on his feet cut 43 with the fake news francis suarez and donald trump turned over all those documents he wouldn't have been charged i'm asking you about his behavior do you think it, it showed sent concern for the proper concern for classified material do you think it was reckless do you think it was legal like I said before, you know, I'm not a, a you know, a, an expert on these kinds of matters, but I do want to say this, that this conversation is not a healthy conversation for the country. We should be talking about the issues that Americans care about. We shouldn't be talking about, uh, you know, candidates being indicted. Well, OK, yeah, sure. But who are you? Who are you? And uh, you know who he is? He's the son of another mayor who uh, looks like he may have engaged in a little voter fraud. Hmm. Yeah, this old man may have uh, was tossed out of office, and uh, actually, old Francisco here may have had a role in that. Francis, rather, may have had a role in that. Was he uh, was he forging ballots or anything like that? Anyway, he's a uh, grand-looking guy, and sometimes when you look your, at yourself in the mirror and you fall in love with the image, uh, you can do silly things. And I think this is a very silly thing. But uh, hey, it's a free country. Good luck. Be right back. Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. You know this uh, transgender mess is it isn't just on television. It's uh, it's all around us. It's affecting people that I know. Um, it's everywhere. It's being pushed by the president and the Biden administration and the culture and everything that if you uh, if you want to be a boy, you should be a boy right away. Doesn't matter how old you are, and if uh, your parents are not down with it, we won't tell your parents. I mean, this is real stuff. It's happening now. A friend of my wife's lives in uh, Park Slope, Brooklyn, which is oh by the way where my mom grew up. Uh, but lately, it's gotten totally out of control. Woke uh, a portion of it, not all of it, but a portion of it. And this individual that my uh, wife knows and uh, happens to be a bit on the left and uh, a little bit liberal, and and that's fine. But uh, I wonder if this individual, who I don't talk to, I don't talk to, is one of my wife's friends, and I get I'm I'm informed, and hope I'm not giving up too much information. I don't want it to get back to anybody. But uh, she told my wife that uh, the daughter knows five people, five classmates who want to transition, who are transitioning from female to male. Students, minors, female to male. This is it really happening. They're private school kids. It's encouraged. And you know what they call this? And I asked, actually, what's, what are we seeing more? Is it uh, boys who want to be girls or girls who want to be boys? And overwhelmingly, it's girls who want to be boys. And why is that? Well, it's been documented that women, females, girls, are more vulnerable to what they call social contagion. Have you ever heard of it? I'm, uh, it's n- new to my vernacular as well. Social contagion. Something happens, something becomes popular, and they want they they do it. They want in on it. 
It's a way to acceptance. It's a way to not be singled out. You know, I think, I think it's safe to say that women are generally, you know, your average woman is probably nicer than your average man. On average. I mean, there are plenty of bad, plenty of mean men, plenty of mean women, plenty of, you know what I mean? There are plenty of exceptions, but I think your average woman is nicer than your average man. And in an effort to be nice, sometimes they'll, they'll be compliant. They'll go along. And, you know, this Karen thing, which I do believe is a campaign aimed at white women to punish them for voting for Trump in 2016. And this social contagion thing, this, this fear of being labeled a, a Karen, you'll, you'll vote for anybody. You'll, you'll, you'll just, you'll comply. You'll go along with it. Again, plenty of exceptions. But there's there's something going on here. And these hormones, these radical hormones and the idea that you're against it, if you don't think that children should undergo uh, sex conversion or puberty blockers, uh, somehow that you are anti-LGBT, anti, anti. No, we're not. We're pro-children and we're anti-child abuse, okay? Who's that hotshot governor from Maryland? Wes Moore. Uh, I'll, I'll get back to him later. Wes Moore is uh, the flavor of the month in the Democrat Party. And um, the stuff that he's been saying about this uh, transgender. Oh, and you should have access. We should have all these crazy books, all these perverted books in the school library, because somehow that will validate uh, transgender kids and they'll know their power. Now, number one, no one is hanging around the school library. Okay. Even when I was in school. We didn't, you know, you went to the school library to uh, gaff off, all right, to maybe study for another class, but you really didn't rely on the books in the school library, did you? Am I the only one? Maybe everybody else did. I did go, actually, to read the newspaper. I read the New York Times, and I'll tell you one day why I actually had to go to this new, uh, 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 I, I went, I went, I, mm, it's kind of difficult for me, but uh, when I was in 12th grade, I had no friends. I had a lot of friends in my uh, sophomore year. I had a lot of friends in my junior year, but towards the junior year, what happened was uh, everybody I hung out with got into marijuana, and it's the one thing I didn't want to do. I felt uncomfortable with it, uh, basically because my father was a cop, and I felt like it was a big, big, big taboo, and I shouldn't do it, and I didn't do it, and I lost a lot of friends. I mean, if they were all going to smoke out, and guess what? You don't make new friends at the end of your junior year in high school, everything is set. You're in a group. You're in a pact. That's it. You're not, there's very little social mobility in, in high school. So when it came down to sit in the cafeteria, guess what? I did not have anybody to sit with. I felt uncomfortable. I didn't want to sit by myself. So I'd go to the library and I would read the New York Times. It was right there. I'll read the newspaper. And it was kind of a wonderful gift because I would read it in depth and I discovered this whole world. And back then the New York times wasn't, wasn't what it was, uh, what it is today. It was a totally different experience. And um, anyway, so that happened. Why did I bring any of this stuff up? <laughs> oh yeah. The library. You don't go to the library. Uh, even I, I don't think that you actually go there for the books. This is now just a hot button political issue. You know where all this stuff is happening is on Instagram, social media, Facebook, especially Instagram. It's amazing. Two weeks ago, we found out from the Wall Street Journal that Instagram is facilitating pedophiles. It's actually kind of facilitating helping pedophiles meet each other and that kind of thing. These algorithms are set up to, if you're interested in X, it's going to hook you up with X. It's going to, it's going to figure out whatever it is, even if it's child pornography. And help you along. Oh, you like child pornography? So does this individual. Maybe you guys can talk. 
It's actually doing that, the algorithms. And I haven't heard any, I haven't heard a peep about this. I did it on the uh, I, I I've been I was talking about it. Um I haven't seen Michelle Obama come out. I haven't seen um much in the way of um, uh, politicians on Capitol Hill. You know what? Facebook maybe Facebook is coming to maybe they own Capitol Hill. You know, there was some pushback. There was some pushback, but not enough, not nearly enough. It's kind of amazing what you can get away with in uh in our culture, huh? Hey, there's something else that we should talk about real quick. The the prosecutor, forget Jack Smith. The prosecutor is going after Trump in the documents case, which is phony to the hilt. Absolutely phony. They know it's phony. They are counting on you being ignorant of anything having to do with classified documents. They think, ooh, classified documents must be very, very important. It's not. It's silly. It's fake. And no time out for a moment. I want to talk about the National Archives. The National Archives. <laughs> you know, what are they? That's where you go find the Constitution. That's when you, where you go find artifacts that are interesting. They screw up everything now. Woke makes everything demented and weird. Including, let's see here, they did a great big exhibit on uh, sports. Sports in America. Hey, doesn't that unify us, right? Shouldn't that unify us, sports in America? It doesn't. It doesn't. They put out a video... First of all, it looked like it was made by the middle school um, AV squad. Listen to this. Cut 33, please. This is We paid for this, everybody. This is our tax dollars producing the sports, sports wing at the National Archives. Cut 33. Hi. Welcome to the Lawrence F. O'Brien Gallery at the National Archives Museum in Washington, D.C. I'm Alice Camps, curator of All American, The Power of Sports. Let's go on a tour. Okay, let's do that, Alice. Cut 33. Hi. No, 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 no. I'm sorry. Cut uh, the next one. 34. All right, camera's panning around. The lamest museum you've ever seen. It stinks. Bunch of posters. And then it pauses on a poster, and guess what it shows? A civil rights protest in the 1960s. A bunch of people, I mean, it had nothing to do with sports. Civil, I understand. Don't we have that at the Civil Rights Museum? I mean, doesn't this bring us together? We know about the horrible things that some that happened. We know about that. Now they're shoving it down our throats in the sports exhibit. And this little video to promote their sports exhibit, sports. The first thing they talk about, Japanese women playing baseball in an internment camp during World War II. Is that what you think of when you think of sports? I've never even conceived of such a thing. Now, I already know about the Japanese internment program. I think it's terrible. And by the way, America, under Ronald Reagan, arranged for reparations because people who were interred were still alive. You know what happened, right? They locked up Japanese Americans. They didn't They didn't uh, respect them uh, and their allegiance to America, so they put them in prison camps. That was awful, terrible. I knew about it. I knew about it as a kid. Nobody sugarcoated it. Ronald Reagan arranged for reparations to be paid to people who actually were still alive. But that's the very first thing they show us in the soldier, in the, in the sports, the National Archives sports exhibit. And then there's and then there's this, cut 35. Hundreds of thousands of Native children were forced or coerced to attend boarding schools, many funded by the federal government. 
The goal of the school's programs has been described as kill the Indian to save the man. Many students resisted through sports. Playing basketball, football, and baseball allowed them to express pride in their tribal identities and demonstrate their power. Kill the Indian to save the man. This is, this is part of the sports exhibit. Where's the stuff about Babe Ruth and Hank Aaron? No, no, no. Let's talk about the, the hideous racism that, yes, yep, yep, I know. It was there. It was there. Front and center. You think our enemies are doing this stuff? Talking about all of the, all of the dark chapters and shoving it down the throats of everybody. The first thing you see in the sports wing of the National Archives are a bunch of people protesting the, uh, discrimination against black people at restaurants in the South in the 1960s. Number one, I know that. I know that. And I admire the people who protested and fought that stuff. And that's great. But in the sport, so you see, when it's everywhere, it's nowhere. We're going to become numb to this stuff. We're going to become numb. And when Trump knows, he knows firsthand just how biased the whole entire swamp is, especially the National Archives, who were hassling him about those documents. Remember this during the town hall? Cut 36, please. I have the absolute right to do whatever I want with them. I have the right. I was negotiating with NARA. Do you know what NARA is? The National Archives. Extremely, but you extremely left group of people. Extremely left. And I was negotiating with they're them. All left, of a sudden, they raided my house. They're not left. They're bipartisan. How do you know? Have you ever gotten a letter in the mail from them? Have you ever been to the sports exhibit? <laughs> no, you haven't. They're not left. They're bipartisan. Just ask them. Just ask them. They're woke as hell. Rich in Connecticut, yes. Yes. Hi, Greg. Uh, just, uh, uh, first, just to respond to uh, the point about uh, internment of uh, Japanese Americans. They weren't Japanese Americans. One third of them were uh, of Japanese heritage who were um, uh, foreign uh, resident aliens who were pro empire of Japan. That's and and they were clustered in a strategic area. Italians and Germans were also uh, interred uh, on on the east coast in, in uh, New Jersey, etc., where they were a threat. Wait, is so, that right? Yes. Italians and Germans were locked up. Y- yes, yes. I did not and, know that. I did not know that. That's fascinating. Now, wait, hold on a second. Uh, but some Japanese Americans were interred, correct? Yeah, most of them. Yes. Yeah. All right. So uh, yeah, two thirds of them, I guess. But uh, but uh, all right. So uh, interesting. I did not know that. I'm going to check that out. Uh, interesting. All right. What else did you want to say? Okay. And and the reference is Paige Smith of Paul Johnson's History of America. All right. Keep going. The main thing. Main thing. Uh, the uh, a caller who said that 58,000 Americans who died in Vietnam, or soldiers who died in Vietnam, died for nothing. That is really a pernicious distortion of history. Oh, the uh, 58,000 American soldiers who died from 1963 to 1973 uh, fought and stopped the tide of, of communism in East Asia at the time. And the uh, we had allies and the and the countries in Southeast Asia today uh, and uh, the Pacific that are free. They fought in Vietnam with us, like uh, our the allies of Ukraine today, and uh, that know that if they don't stop Russia, if we didn't stop uh, North Vietnam and uh, its uh, allies, uh, the, uh, Southeast Asia today, Australia, New Zealand. Yeah, I know the domino theory. The domino theory. We were worried about uh, communism spreading. Now, there are some who say that communism would have died its own death, which in part it has. Um, you know, you can have this conversation. I mean, look, you heard what he said about Ellsberg. I don't agree about that. Um, 
But uh, you can have these things. I mean, look at look at Iraq. I mean, look at Iraq. Look at what we did there. Look at what we did there, huh? For nothing. That was for nothing, man. That was for nothing. We blew it there. But look, I get your point. You're not wrong. How's everything else? Hey, Litchfield, Connecticut. That's a very hold on a second. Litchfield. That's a very nice uh, area, isn't it? What's that? Litchfield, where you are. That's a very nice area, I hear. Or not so yep. much. All right, never mind. Sandra in New Jersey, welcome back. How are you? I'm fine, thank you. How are you, Greg? Fine. Um, I know you don't want us to forget Ashley Babbitt, and I and I read this last week, and it keeps popping up in my mind. Dr. Austin Brinlin Harris. Um, he's a California physician. He was there near Ashley Babbitt when she got shot, and um, he was he was trying to help her. He he was trying to help her render medical assistance, and the police pulled him away. And I think that's terrible. Here's a man trying to help the woman who's dying, and he's pulled away by the cops. And and in his plea deal, he gets like um, six months in jail, five years probation, a $5,000 fine. And they never mentioned in the plea deal that he had actions to render aid to Ashley. Yeah, no, that's terrible. And uh, look, and the cops, quite frankly, I'm sorry, but the way they brought her out of there, elevated i mean they 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 did they elevated they did not elevate the wound they dragged her out like neck head first and it was such a terrible thing i'll i I didn't know that about the doctor thank you sandra hey real quick let's go to jason before i hit through the break hi jason yes hey what's up greg um listen about the museum you know you just mentioned that oh excuse me that they're trying to force or shove down our throats all the things that happened, especially the Japanese-Americans. But isn't that the point of a, of a museum, to learn about what happened in history? Isn't that the point of, you know, not all good things are going to be represented. You have to learn about everything that happened in the, in the point of history. Mm, yeah, I, I mean, I, I, I think I think it's uh, they're they're fulfilling a political agenda. You know, when I think sports in America, okay, this is the National Archives, sports in America, and the very first thing I see in that museum is a civil rights protest in the 1960s that has nothing to do with sports. The tie-in was that Jackie Robinson was there. All right, and then they talk about slaughtering Indians and then they talk about, you know, internment camps. I mean, we've got some real we got some real sports fans around here. I'm not. And that's like the last thing they'll ever talk about or think about. I mean, to go to start with that. I think Jason that's uh, every every country has its warts, but to make them front and center that's I think that's wrong. I think that's a uh, and it, it it fosters grievance, it fosters resentment and which as you can see I think is on the rise, Jason. Yeah, yeah, but you know what, it can start off wrong and then end up in a, on a lighter note like this is where we are right now. This is how poor sports has come. This is all the achievements we have made. You know what I'm saying? No, I really, you know, end on a lighter note. I think people are angrier now than ever before about um, you know, matters of race and they put us, they want us at each other's throats. You know, we were getting along so well in this city for so long, and, and now we're in a bad situation. Look, I thought about it this morning. I remember vividly going to Mount Vernon in um, in Virginia when I was, I was living in Baldwin. So this is 1975 or earlier, and learning about George Washington and being totally befuddled that he owned slaves. But we learned that. I remember, I mean... This stuff is not new. You know that, Jason. We knew this about our past. We knew it. Why are they pushing it so hard? I think they're trying to, look, 
They're trying to besmirch our heritage. They're trying to make us feel bad. They're, if you emphasize the negative, it's going to take over the positive. Anyway, Jason, anyway, look, it's an interesting point. I got to go in a moment. Thanks for calling, okay? Nope, little mumbled there. Uh, that's okay. I'll be back. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Greg Kelly, entertaining and informative on the Red Apple Podcast Network. That submarine near the Titanic is uh, still missing, but uh, just learned this. This thing has gotten lost before. It's been lost for hours at a time before, and they've lost communications with it before. So not, all hope is not lost by any means. Now, this thing has been uh, lost, I guess, for almost a day, but it has three days of air to go 72 hours of air left and um you know hopefully we can find it now it must be stuck i mean it would have it would have surfaced by now right i mean okay you might be lost you can't find the titanic but you can find which way is up so you would go up and surface uh, i would imagine although then again if maybe if they lost the ship maybe they can't surface because it's a submarine and it's a really small one who knows um but it's not the first time they've had difficulty with this thing and uh note to self, uh all this stuff, all right, skydiving, bungee cord jumping, uh submarine dwelling, all this. Just watch some television, okay? Read a book, <laughs> help a neighbor, uh call a friend, uh no extreme sports for anybody. I have to go. Uh Barbara, very oh Barbara, hi there, Barbara. Hi, Greg. Hey, I watched the news about the Dodgers and, and the um blasphemy that went on there. And it reminded me of something Thomas Jefferson said about religious freedom and tolerance. He said, it neither picks my pocket nor breaks my leg for my neighbor to say there are 20 gods or no God. So in other words, we respect each other's right to believe what they want. We do not go out and blaspheme and deliberately cause harm and hurt to other people. So beautiful, Barbara. So beautiful. Would you send me that, please? Sure, I can send that to thank, you. Thank you, thank you, yes. thank you. And Maria, before I go, I'm sorry, I know you've been on hold for so long. Hi, Maria. Five seconds, if you don't mind. Um, uh, I'm so happy that you had a great Father's Day with your two little ones. Enjoy them because they grow up too fast. Thank you, and I'll see you guys later. Traffic jams, tailgating, pileups. Ugh, the joys of driving. How could it get worse? The federal government wants to have a say in what you drive. That's right. The Biden administration's EPA is pushing mandates that would ban two out of every three vehicles on the road today. Don't let Washington become your backseat driver. Protect the freedom of driving your way. Visit energycitizens.org. Paid for by the American Petroleum Institute.